0: I I want to speak to you this morning about a new series that we're starting. It's called At the Speed of Humility. And how many of you guys understand that, that your destiny and what God intends for you to do can only be embraced when you embrace him and he's upon you? God always calls us to things that are bigger than us. And so we desperately need him in our life and we need his grace in our life. And so that's what I want to talk to you guys about over the course of this series, but specifically what I want to talk about with you this morning is authority. And I don't mean like your authority in Christ. I mean, coming under the authority that God's put in your life, because when we come under authority and we honor and we submit to it, God puts grace on us. So I want to look at some promises, um, with you guys this morning During, during, worship. I was, I was just sitting there and I was just reflecting on my life and, and I I, I was very rebellious towards authority. I don't know if you guys had a stage in your life in which you were rebellious towards authority and you thought you knew everything and nobody could teach you anything and you were just kind of waiting for God to give you the world because you deserved it. I don't know if you guys had that phase or not. But I, I remember I was, in, I was in seminary and I was fortunate enough, listen to this, I was fortunate enough that the president of the seminary was my uh, mentor. And so everybody at seminary got a mentor and you were with a faculty person. Well, I was with the president. Of, of that seminary. And we would often have meetings. We'd have peer meetings in which we'd show up and we'd kind of go over, you know, how things are going and where I'm going. Did you know that I, I, I don't think I ever made it to a meeting on time with the president of the seminary. And there were times where I flat out forgot that we even had, like this is before cell phones, kind of. And so I didn't have like a Google calendar. I would forget that we were meeting and he would sit and I would waste an hour of this man's time. And I was just sitting there reflecting on it and I was like, Lord, like, forgive me for making you wait so long to pour grace out upon me because I was not the way I could have been with the authority that you had established in my life. Forgive me. But now that I'm older and now I understand that, um, what God wants to do in your life and, and the kindness and favor that he wants to put on you, you're the one that usually stands in the way of that happening. And I'm going to go over with you guys some of the ways that we prevent the Lord from giving us more opportunity to do his will than we currently have. And I want to tell you guys this. It's okay to be excited around doing things for God and with God. Very, very cool. And I love it. I I, I never want to forget what God has done and how much He, he loves me. And, and what he's done for me. And I love him so much that I want to obey his commands. And he has certain commands, of course, in scripture, but then there's things that he has for you in your life. And I don't know about you, but I would like to accomplish them while I'm here. I'm sure that I've missed out on a lot. I'm sure there was times where I had too much pride that he couldn't use me. I don't want another week to go by where he doesn't use me in the ways that he could. Anybody else on board? It's hard to talk about authority post-COVID in a church sometimes. You guys remember COVID? It was a virus. And and I, I remember during that time, like to come under authority at that time, it was very challenging. And, and for me personally, I, I remember... Uh, as a, as a church, you were invited onto this phone call with Governor Wolf. Now, I don't know how you feel about Governor Wolf, but I do know this, that he's the one that's been placed in authority over our state. And he's your governor, right? And, and I'll be the first to say, you know, maybe my opinions differ than his about how things should have or should not have been handled. Regardless, he's still the governor. And according to scripture, God put him there. Outrageous. I know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So as, as the governor, you, you want to honor and respect him, right? So I, I'm on this phone call and, and he's speaking and, and all these pastors are listening. And he, he asked, he doesn't tell us to shut down. He asked us to shut down for uh, two weeks to slow the spread. It was supposed to be a two-week thing. You guys remember? And, and so we, we do because the concern is obeying scripture and trying to obey our authorities. And at the same time, to tell a church they can't meet might go against scripture. And so there was a tension there. And I was with the, uh, the 20s group and we were discussing this earlier this week. And one of them said, you can, you can disagree with authority and you can, if authority tells you to do something, you still have the freedom not to do it, but then you better pay the penalty. That's how you can still come under them, even if you disagree with what they're saying. So for example, so after six weeks, I remember I I was praying and I felt like the Lord said, maybe you can go six weeks without church, but there are some people who can't and you need to open back up for them. So I felt like the Lord had given me the green light to open back up. It wasn't a law that said that you couldn't have church. We had church, we opened up and you could come if you wanted to, right? Or if you wanted to stay home and watch online, you could. And I remember during that time, I was like, just a little bit like, well, what's things going to be like? Like, like oftentimes, maybe you guys were like, what, what's it going to look like moving forward? Well, we began to move forward. There was, you know, maybe a hundred people here and, and we kept kind of going. And then we also belonged to a denomination. That denomination is called Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. I love them and they're, they're my authority and I love the state overseer and we would bend over backwards for them. There was an emergency in the, uh, in the state and this church instantly wrote a check for $5,000 and just solved their problem, right? So any chance we get to honor them and to be for them, whatever they need, we take it because that's how we treat authority because we want God's grace here. Amen. And the way you get God's grace here is you honor the authority that you're under. You guys understand? So down in Cleveland, Tennessee, they had a big gathering during COVID and there was a COVID outbreak. And so they, they, they decided to tighten the reins on uh, the procedures of how they were going to go about COVID. And I remember they, it came down from headquarters that like masks were going to be mandatory, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, I know my congregation and that's not going to go over well, but they're our authority. So we... It was was Joe and I that were making most of the decisions there. And and so we we emailed everybody, letting them know that that masks were mandatory. And I I wasn't excited about that because to my my knowledge of all the people I knew, and I'm not saying that, I'm I'm telling you this from my experience, and I want to suggest that you have five senses and that everybody use them, right? Because there's going to be rumors of wars, and there's going to be things that, that people say that aren't true, but you have five senses and you can use them. And so I wasn't excited about th- that and, and neither was a lot of people in this congregation. And we put out the order that mass were gonna be mandatory and a lot of people didn't show up that Sunday. And I remember getting into the car and this is what my mind said. I'm not gonna to listen to them anymore because I'm not going to do that Again. And I began to have this self-conversation in my mind about not coming under authority. But then I remember, or or the Holy Spirit reminded me that they are my authority and that, that God had put them there for a reason. But then I remembered this, that I'm friends with the state overseer. And maybe I can call him and maybe I can talk to him. So I gave him a call. Now, we had been submitted to an honoring of that authority at every chance we could get. And I called him and I said, hey, I said, I want you to know that we just had church, masks were mandatory. I want you to know that 75% of the people that were coming were not here now. And I will burn this church to the ground for you because you're in charge of it, not me. This is your church and you're the state overseer. If you want to continue to make mass mandatory, we will. I'm just letting you know, in about six weeks, we might not have anybody here. And do you know what he said? He said, well, why don't you just... Strongly recommend masks. Yeah. (laughs) I said, well, as you wish. (laughs) Right? And that that might not seem like a big deal to you, but it was a big deal at that time because things were just pulling apart, right? Politically and and opinions and, and all that kind of stuff. And I was thinking to myself, Thank God we had submitted and honored. But if I would have called him and said, hey, I want to give you a piece of my mind about what I think about your policies. What if the grace of God left? Because of my attitude and my pride. Because it's about his grace being here, not my opinion. So it's about honoring authority to the best of your ability. Now, honoring authority doesn't mean that you never speak up to it. It doesn't mean that you always do what it says, right? It just means to the best of your ability, you're always trying to find ways to honor and submit to it. This sermon might go over like a lead balloon. Are you guys ready? There's a verse in the Bible in Romans thirteen seven. It says this, pay to all what is due them tax to whom taxes due." custom to whom custom is due, respect to whom respect is due, and honor to whom honor is due. And this is what it's saying. And then it goes on to say, this is good for your conscience. When you, when you honor authority, like how many of you have authority in your life? Something happens in the, the, the heavenly realm when ever you're submitting to an honoring authority because what you're doing in the physical is there's also a spiritual reality to it. Okay, so if you can't love people, then you certainly don't know the love of God. It's first John. So how we deal with each other is actually how we're doing with God. And so when we honor and submit to authority, it's actually the outward sign of an inward reality because we're honored and submitted to our King is. That's scriptural. And so when we pay honor to whom honor is due, I, I am blown away by who God has decided to put into power. I'm blown away. But regardless, the Bible says to honor them and submit to them. And to the best of my ability, I, I'm, I'm going to do that. One of the ways you could do that is by not is by not talking poorly of them, right? So I have a state overseer. I love him. He's awesome. He's a new guy. His name's Rick Witter. He's been here for a year. He's blown me away with his leadership skills. And it is so evident of why he's in the position that he's in. But the last thing I ever want to do is get alone with another pastor and say, hey, do you agree with Rick's decision on this? Can you believe he said... That's not honoring and submitting. But when I get alone with another pastor, I said, can you believe that we've been so blessed with this kind of overseer? This is what he does, this is what he does, and this is what he does. It's absolutely fantastic. That's honoring. Because I'm able to honor authority, God can trust me with more of his grace, and then he can trust me with more responsibility. But if you're not honoring and submitted to leadership, he's not gonna trust you with more responsibility. You're probably gonna lose it. In 1 Timothy 2.1, it says this, First of all, then I urge that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all people for kings and all, and all who are in authority so that we may lead, listen to this, a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and, and dignity. I'm going to keep using church terms because that's my world. You guys are going to have to translate it into your world. But So I have a boss Again, his name is Rick Witter. He oversees 100 churches. Now, if all of these 100 churches are not submitted to him, let's say a third of them are in rebellion, guess what his job becomes? He becomes a police officer over churches that are in rebellion towards him. But if all churches are submitted to him, guess what he can do? He can bless all the churches and be in the role that he's meant to be in. And then he can work on, instead of policing people, he can work on blessing churches. As a pastor, this is awesome. Are you guys ready? How many of you guys want to honor me? Amen. Amen. You guys, this is how you honor me. You guys ready for this? You have a prayer life and you diligently seek the Lord and you find him. And I'm telling you, if you do that one thing and you put that as a priority in your life, you will bless me so much. But if you don't, and we have a church that's a dying church that is prayerless, all I will do is put out fires full time. That's not godliness, tranquil, quiet dignity. That is emergency after emergency because people aren't seeking the Lord. So if you want to honor me, you seek him. That way you're good to go. I'll keep seeking him. I'll be good to go. And we can work on equipping you to do the works that God has prepared beforehand for you to do. Doesn't that sound better rather than like, so what's, what's, what's going on now? What's going on now? Well, then how's your prayer life? Well, I don't have one. Well, that's kind of why this is going on now. We just did. We just did it. That's the counseling in a nutshell. I understand it's a little bit more complex than that, but man, if everybody seeks the Lord, we can get onto the good works of the Lord. His grace will come onto your life in even a more powerful way. And we can get on with doing his will. I, this is, this is where we tend to live. People are Christian enough so that they're okay. The Bible talks about you becoming so Christ-like that you're taking care of the needs of others. That's how good you're doing. It's one thing to not be in need because you're okay. It's another thing to be pressed out of your own life and taking care of the needs of those around you. That's why he says no longer steal, With your hands, but work with your hands diligently so that you may provide for those who are in need. It's the person who was the problem, who then has their problem solved, who's able to solve problems. That's a pretty cool description of the Christian life. Is that you can get on with the good work that God prepared beforehand, and if we don't, I, I, there is, and I can't describe it. There's assignments that God has given, and there's like a window in your life to do it. And if you don't humble yourself, He'll find somebody else to do it. Like, so He doesn't need us, He'll find somebody else who has enough humility in their life to be able to handle it. But I'm telling you, when I'm supposed to be doing something, but I haven't been trustworthy enough to handle it, I can feel it. I can feel that something's off. And sometimes people are like, I don't know, something's wrong. Well, it's because you haven't been trustworthy, so he can't, you can't be trusted with what you're meant to do right now at this time. This time is passing you by, and the window is closing. And he's going to have to find another person because we didn't humble ourselves enough to receive enough grace to be able to pull off what he wanted to do. Listen to this. How many of you, if you work at praise, don't raise your hand, have a real crummy boss? Now listen to this. (laughs) This is this is so inspiring. For this, servants be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are harsh. Does anybody have a harsh boss? For this finds favor. If for the sake of conscience towards God, a person endures grief when suffering unjustly. One of the fastest tickets to grace is to suffer unjustly. Underneath someone else's tyranny. You might say, well, what if the authorities, the, the worst kind of authority, what's the fastest way to receive his grace? If you're still able to honor somebody who's not acting honorable, but you're honoring the position that they've been trusted with instead of the person and how they're acting, God sees it and says, we can trust this person. We can trust this person. Everybody in this room, raise your hand if you know that God loves you and he's not going to love you any more any less. Raise your hand. Now here's the next question. and This is really important. How many of you believe God can trust you more? He loves you. But I don't want to just be love. I want to be trusted. When there's a problem on the earth, listen to this. What if he's like this? Uh oh, the devil's up to something in York. Who are we going to send? I know a guy. He's the most trustworthy person in York because he, he, he pursues humility the most out of anybody. Let's send him. That could be you. Isn't that cool? There's a verse in the Bible that talks about, I no longer call you slaves, but I call you friend. Well, Why? I just recently heard a sermon. It was incredible. He talked about when God can prune you and you don't squirm, then he can trust you with anything. And he can tell you about his plans. And I, I want everybody in this room to be that kind of person. There are no superheroes in the faith. There are only trustworthy people whom God trusts. Listen to this. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be prolonged on the land which the Lord your God gives you. If you honor your parents, it doesn't say honor your parents if they did a good job. How many of you guys understand your parents loved you to the best that they understood what love is? Some of you in this room, your parents didn't know the first thing about love and they only knew love to 1%, but I can promise you they loved you with that 1% they had. But you honor them because God put them in authority over you. If you're a young person in here, do I have any younger people? If you honor your parents, listen to me, it's just gonna be a non-stop ice cream social. (laughs) Like when my kids honor me and they ask me for something, it's yes. When they whine and complain and then want me to reward them, it's a no. If I could go back and redo childhood, I'd be the fattest kid that ever existed. (laughs) you're like what this kid is so honoring look how big he is (laughs) gets that ice cream I was a little chunky back then (laughs) I wasn't in the contention for the fattest ever anyway listen to this obey your leaders this is uh, number five honor finds advantage obey your leaders and submit to them for they keep watch over your souls this is talking about like pastors right As those who will give an account so that they may do this with joy, not groaning, for this would be helpful for you. You can ask any employee if I've ever groaned over this position. I don't think I've ever have. It's a joy and I love it. And the reason it's a joy is because a lot of you pursue the Lord personally. And what you've done is you've actually allowed us to move from like a firefighter mentality into a kingdom mentality. Um, Raquel and Melissa are helping me. We actually mentor and coach 15 other Church of God churches here once a month. Isn't that incredible? And so we're able to move past the four walls and do more because of how well you guys are doing. When you guys are doing well, then the kingdom can expand. The same thing is true in your life. When you're doing well, because you're honoring authority and you're submitting to it, especially the Lord, then you can do well. You can move past the four walls of your own life and get onto the things that God um, has for you. So honoring authority is good for conscience sake, it attracts peace, it finds favor, it finds long life, and it finds advantage. So you might say, what do you mean by grace? I'm talking about good for the conscience, peace, favor, long life, advantage. Does that sound good? Those are all promises around honoring authority. I want to move on to submission to authority says this, every person is to be subject to the governing authorities. So they were subject to the governing authorities. Christianity was illegal, right? They used to meet in catacombs. When they were found out, they went to prison. They didn't try to escape from prison. The only way they escaped from prison is if an angel showed up and opened the door for them and told them to leave. Because why? They were subject to the Lord and they were also subject to governing authorities. They went into arenas and died. And they could have ran off or they could have denied Christ. Their authorities were asking them to do things that weren't biblical, and they paid the price for doing them. Willingly. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Woe. Do you guys hear that? Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Isn't that interesting? To to what end is this condemnation? Let me read it again. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. I don't think anybody wants that in their life. So submission to authority finds a pardon instead of condemnation. You younger men, this is the, the verse that this series is based on. Be subject to your elders and all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God is opposed to the proud. Ah, oh, man. Don't you just want to close the, the book on being proud? Just close it and put it away and remove the opposition of God in your life. You might say this, well, God's not opposed to me. I'm a Christian. It doesn't talk about Christianity here. It talks about pride, a sp- especially he disciplines his children. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let's just close the book on being proud and having pride. And let's just be humble in all aspects and whatever that looks like. Do you guys remember the Proverbs verb I, I read? It said, wisdom is crying out, but you did not run towards correction. Because you didn't run towards correction, your life will be in shambles. How many of you want to run towards correction? That sounds like a good idea. Does that sound like what a humble person would do? Do you know what a prideful person would do? Run away from correction, not welcome it. Well, what if it's not done in a healthy manner? It doesn't matter. What if it's right? What if what somebody is saying about you would unlock the next chapter of your life if you would correct it? Well, who's going to correct me? Well, that's part of the reason why authority exists. Authority is meant to correct you. What if my, the president of that seminary would have pulled me aside at our next meeting and said, hey, Adam, I have some concerns for you personally. You show no honor towards authority and you seem to not care about the time that I'm making for you. I believe you have some pride in your life. And I would recommend that you get alone with God and figure that out. Who's this guy I think he is? Or what if, what if I said to myself, well, I wonder if he's right. What I settled for in my 20s and what could have been had I humbled myself. So it continues. Or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Oh, I skipped myself here. Submit, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evil doers and the praise of those who do right for such is the will of God, that by doing right, you silence the ignorance of foolish people. Did you ever notice that the more authority somebody has, the more uh, diverse opinions are on a person, right? So um, do you guys remember Donald Trump? Right. There's always two very different opinions about Donald Trump. Do you guys know who Joel Osteen is? Joel Osteen is? People have either like a, they love him or hate him. Right. But what if I told you this about Joel Osteen? He has a council of seven men that decide everything that goes on in his ministry. And he doesn't make a decision without, without their say. What if I told you that? Now that's not true, but what if I told you that? doesn't that kind of just change your opinion? And you're like, Oh, huh? Like, so he submits to authority. And what does it do? It silences the ignorance of foolish people. Whenever you submit, whenever people understand that you're submitted to authority, their opinion about you as foolish as it may be, and as ignorant as it may be has to go away. Well, why? Because you're not the one calling the shots. You're submitted to authority. Now, he could have a board of seven guys, who knows? (laughs) And if I make something up, I'll tell you. I'll say, hey, I just made that up. But it was to prove a point. Do you know who gets into trouble? Who falls into sin easily? People who aren't submitted to authority. People who don't answer to anybody. Do you know the people who own businesses who are at the top of the food chain pay a lot of money not to be at the top of the food chain to hire coaches that they submit to that are over them? That's some wisdom. You want as much authority over you as you could possibly get so that you have access to as much grace as you want for how much you want to honor that authority. I was at a state council meeting and they said, we need a place to hold state meeting. Hold it at praise. I was at another state council meeting and they said, we have an emergency with the one uh, building here. We need $5,000. We'll write the check. We'll do it. Well, why? Well, because it's, it's a chance to get God's grace here more. That's why. So I'm not going to let that chance go by. Well, then I have to come back and talk to Stan, but... Because I'm submitted to authority. Hey, Stan, I said that we would. <laughs> There's a verse in Ephesians 5.16 that says this, making the most of your time because the days are evil. And, and it's talking about this idea that don't be foolish... But discern wisely, and you need to make the most of your time. It means to redeem the time, to take away from what the enemy is trying to do and actually redeem it and make it what God's doing. That's what this verse means. Making the most of your time because the days are evil or belong to the evil one, as some translations say. And then it continues, and it says, and subject yourselves to one another in fear of Christ. There's something that happens even when we subject ourselves to each other. When anybody can speak into your life, God's grace comes. When your peers, when you give authority to your peers around you to be able to speak to you as if they were an authority. That's humility. Something happens. It redeems the time. So authority, when someone submits to authority, they find pardon. When somebody submits, uh, it finds grace. It silences the ignorant and it redeems the time. So those are the graces that come from submitting and honoring authority. And to the best of my ability, I'm going to be subject to to my peers. I'm going to honor the authority. I'm going to jump on every chance I get to submit to them. Why? Because when, when people go back into that room or when new guests come in, I need them to experience his kindness. I don't need them to experience Adam Bauer. There is nothing fancy with me. I'm taking bows to say osteoporosis, right? So... I'm not trying to get people to experience me. I want people to experience God when they come in here. Well, how do you do that? Well, you humble yourself and you continually humble yourself and he trusts you with more and more of his kindness and his grace and his favor. So if you've ever come in here and you'll be like, well, there's something different there. I can guarantee you it's, it's not me. We're trying to have a culture of humility so that his grace comes and people experience his grace. That's the whole point of all this the last thing I want to share with you is just, just very simple. I mentioned it the other week. If you have any, if you have any authority and all of us in this room have authority, at least have authority over yourself. Some of you have employees, some of you have family, some of you have all this other kind of stuff. And hon, I got great news. I'm going to share with you about what that little boy said in the first service. It's going to be awesome. But when you share your authority, right? Uh, Moses shared his authority with Aaron and that next generation went in and conquered the land of Canaan. Joshua didn't, sh- didn't share his authority with anybody. And the next generation did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Elijah shared his, his authority with Elisha. And his ministry had twice as many miracles as his did. David shared his authority with so many people and so many, even his peers, even his enemies spoke into his life. And he listened to them and he listened to rebuke. And, and David is one of the greatest men that have ever lived and the promises that God made with that man we see in Christ and it's absolutely amazing Jesus is referred to as the son of David and there are people who didn't, Joshua didn't, King Saul didn't, Solomon didn't and every time a leader doesn't share his authority with people it spells disaster for the next generation And so I want you to know this, that, um, and this is what our son said to us. I said, I want to give authority to like, if I'm a father, I want to give authority to my children. And I said, I just wish I could give, give basement authority to somebody so somebody can be in charge of the basement. And I said, and then Brecken stood up and said, I'll take that authority. He's my uh, 11 year old back there in the tech booth. And he told us that it's going to be the cleanest we've ever seen because he's in charge of it now. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? I'm excited for you, buddy. (laughs) Mowing the lawn in charge of the basement. But it's like, well, what comes with it? Well, I guess he gets to decide what the basement's gonna look like, right? If he's the one in charge of it. But we've got to figure out how to share our authority because if you don't end up sharing your authority, then all you have is you and you are not the best at everything. You're maybe pretty good at one thing. And wouldn't you rather share your authority so that you could have everybody's best at the top, so that everybody could be doing their best from a place in which it can be multiplied. If you have authority, learn how to share it, to trust people with things. But going back to, to the practical steps, if, if you guys are under a tyrant, the quickest way to grace is to submit even in the midst of that kind of conduct. Um, If you guys want to do me a favor and honor me, have a prayer life, pursue the Lord, seek him and embrace the things that God has for you to do. That's how you could really bless me, right? And continue to honor and submit to your authorities. It's an avenue for God's grace to come. And when you do that, your trust meter goes up and God says, now that's somebody I can trust. That's somebody I can give this to do. I can finally trust them with the destiny that's over their life. Honoring authority is one way. We're going to be exploring the different aspects of humility because I don't want to talk to you guys about humility in a vague way. I want you guys to understand what it means to be humble so that God's grace can come upon you. Amen? Would you guys stand? Uh, We have a slide here. Praise is hiring a full-time media coordinator. And the uh, job description is out there. If you or you know somebody who would be good at that, salary is going to be based on experience. And also the Activate conference is coming up. That's another way you can honor me is sign up for that conference. I would really love if you could hear from the Lord better. And that's exactly what that conference is going to be about. So I want to encourage everybody to sign up for that. That is almost here. That is two weeks away. And finally, we're also doing signups for a barbecue block party. We really want to bless our community and it's going to be a lot of good food and we need volunteers. So signups are out there in the lobby. All right. But I want to pray for us. I want to pray that we'd become trustworthy people that God could look at and trust. Amen. So Father, I thank you for every person in here. Certainly, we can be blind to what humility could look like in our lives. And oftentimes, if we understood it or could see it, we would have embraced it. Lord, forgive us for the decades of time where we didn't fully, where we didn't act trustworthy, where we didn't fully embrace humility. We wanna be a people that does. Lord, show us and teach us what it looks like to be a humble people that is filled with your grace. And if there's something that you want done in your And you have a body of believers that is here. Would you trust us to do it? As we continue to humble ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. We thank you for watching with us. At Praise, our mission is to inspire, challenge, and transform people for generations to come. And we hope today's message can do just that. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about Praise, email us at info@praiseyork.com. If you'd like to support Praise financially, you can visit praiseyork.com/give. To stay up to date with sermons, events and changes at Praise, make sure to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel.